Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. gonna just speak. Where'd you go, Bailey? That was gonna be awesome. Hey, I cannot, I cannot pass over this, okay? Did you guys see the book on the, on the screen a moment ago? My humble husband did not mention that he has written a new book that has been published. It's called The Double Win, and it is the best book that he has written so far. He's written eight books that have been published. This is the best book that he has written. He's going to, I'm going to get in trouble for doing all this, but could you celebrate with me that our pastor has written this book called The Double Win, and you'll be hearing more about it, but I just couldn't pass over it because he didn't say anything about it. It is incredible. Everyone's going to want a copy of it, I promise, because of the content that is in it. It is amazing and it's wonderful for couples to work through, to talk through. There's a workbook that comes with it and also for anybody that you know that's about to get married or somebody that's dating, somebody that's engaged, it's just helping them work through some very core principles as well. Just like the Family Shift book, it is amazing. So I could not pass over the moment. We are celebrating with you, babe. I know that that was a work in progress, and it was difficult to get it done, and you got it done, and we are celebrating with you. It's awesome. It is awesome. Just couldn't pass that over. Okay. <laughs> is everybody good? Awesome. It's so good to see you this morning, Palm Sunday. What a beautiful, crisp day to celebrate Palm Sunday here in Orlando, Florida. You know, as I learned that I was going to be speaking today, I just started diving into what Palm Sunday is all about and what happened in the life of Jesus on this day. I don't think I've ever like really just dived deep and studied this. And it has challenged my heart. It has changed my heart. And I pray that God will use this passage to speak to you as well. Because there are five specific things that I have taken from the passage that just really stand out to me of character traits that we see in Jesus on Palm Sunday that we need to apply and strive towards in our life every day. So let's pray together before I read this passage to you. It's kind of like a passage that, you know, like on uh, Christmas, we always read the Christmas story passage. Well, I'm going to start a new tradition in my life that I'm going to read the Palm Sunday story passage in, in the Bible because it will remind us of what Jesus was going through this week before he went to the cross for us. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word to us, God. We pray that you would speak to our hearts. We know that your word has power. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can pierce our hearts. It can change us. And we ask, God, that your word would go forth with power today in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
and amen. So in the, the life of Jesus was written in all of the Gospels, and he lived for 33 years. This is very, very interesting. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, all those books put together, there are 89 chapters. In the first 30 years of Jesus' life, there are only four chapters written about the first 30 years. Isn't that interesting? Only four. And the last three and a half years of Jesus' life, there are 85 chapters written. And the last week of Jesus' life is 29 of those chapters. Isn't that crazy? One week, 29 chapters are devoted to Jesus' life. So this week that we're entering, as Pastor Rodney said, some call it Holy Week, some call it Passion Week, but it is definitely a very special Holy Week as we're entering it, and it's 29 chapters. And so one-third of the entire Gospels is written towards this one week of Jesus' life. So what can we learn from our King Jesus? What can we learn from these these 29 chapters, and, and I'm going to focus really on one chapter today because one of my favorite things I like to say is life is short, so live intentional. Life is long, so stay encouraged. But I want to say to you today, life is short, so live intentional every day. And life is long, so stay encouraged every day of your life. And we can see this through Jesus' example of this one day of his life on earth. So let's read it together. Why is Palm Sunday so important to us? Why does it matter? Because Jesus is giving us a clear example of how to live every day of our lives. So we're going to read Luke chapter 19 together. It's kind of a long passage. You guys ready for it? We can stay focused. We can do this, right? Here we go. So after telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem. So the story that he told was about the ten talents and the ten servants and what are we going to do with what God has given us, okay? So you can go back and read that because that is an incredible story about our purpose in life and how we can use what God has gifted us to do to make a difference with our life. So after telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent his two disciples ahead. Now, the Mount of Olives, I had the amazing blessing to go to, to uh, Israel in 2019. So the Mount of Olives, when you stand on it, you can overlook this beautiful city of Jerusalem that is inside a wall. It's beautiful as you look out from the Mount of Olives. So he's on the Mount of Olives. He sent his two disciples ahead. He said, go into the village over there. And he told them, as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Isn't that interesting? Jesus knew he knew that no one had ever ridden that donkey before. He knew everything. He must be God. Amen? He is God. Amen? Jesus is God. Just to make it clear. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Amen? This is God incarnate. He is man and God in the flesh here with us. And so he said, why? So they said, 
as, no one has ever written it. He knew that. In fact, it had been prophesied in, in the Old Testament. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? So it wasn't like a full-size donkey. It was a colt. It was a baby donkey. Isn't that interesting too? Just say, the Lord needs it. And sure enough, as though they were, as they were untying it, the owners asked, why are you untying that colt? So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride. And as he rode along, the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. This is Palm Sunday. So they are spreading their garments. In the other, in the other uh, gospels, it talks about the palm branches. They're waving the palm branches. They've spread their garments ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that had, they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the prophets, excuse me, some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. So good. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling the animals for sacrifices. And he said to them, the scripture declares this temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and those other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. This last scripture is powerful. But they could not think, but they could think of nothing because all the people hung on to every word he said. They hung on to every word he said. May we be those kind of people. Jesus on Palm Sunday is giving us an example of how to live every day in our lives. And there's five character traits that just stand out to me these qualities in Jesus that he desires for us to have in our life number one was humility he was a humble king Luke 1930 says go into that village over there and he told them as you enter it you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it to me you see kings would normally come in very tall on very tall horses, white, majestic horses, that they would be way above the crowd, that you could see a king coming in. You know, the white horse that you've heard of. And they were always way above because they were royal. But what did Jesus do? It was prophesied that he would do this. He would ride a colt, not even a donkey, but a colt, a baby donkey. Can you imagine? Jesus is coming into the city that he is going to save. That he'll die upon a cross for. And he will save them from their sin. The people that had been shouting and cheering for him along this road. He's riding down as a humble king. Can you imagine his feet even dragging the ground? He is a humble king. The Bible says that if we humble ourselves before him, then he will lift us up. 
That is the quality that God wants in our lives as well, that we walk with humility. You know, one of our core values here at Rethink Life is servant leadership is our identity. There's no greater servant leader than Jesus. He is the the persona, the example of what a servant leader truly is. The man that humbly washed his disciples' feet. The man that rode in to the city that he was going to save. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but yet he humbly comes in on a donkey. We see his humility. You know, in today's world, it's kind of the opposite, right? The most powerful, the most wealthy, the most influential, the ones that have the biggest splash on social media, those are the ones that we look to as the ones that are great, you know, because they're up high and we can see them. But that's not the life necessarily that God has called us to. He's called us to be humble and walk humbly before him. I'm not saying that he might not give you those things. But in those things, can we walk humbly before him so that he might be lifted up in our lives? He's calling us to be humble just as he was this humble servant leader. It was his identity. And may it be our identity every day of our lives. May we have that kind of posture in our lives. May we be that humble servant. Daily, may we make it our goal in life to take on this humble persona that Jesus displayed for us as he walked into the city on Palm Sunday. Number two, number one was humility. Number two is grace. He is a saving king. Grace that we do not deserve. Unmerited favor that he gives us. This grace, this saving king. John 12, 13 says, they took palm branches, so it's the same story. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Have you heard that before? Hosanna. And initially you think that is like a worship word, like praise word. But actually the word Hosanna means save now. See, the people had been under this Roman command and they saw Jesus as this one coming to save them now. He would be their king now. But the thing that they missed is that their king would have to suffer and die before he could save them. He had to give his life before they, he could save them. He had to give grace to them in their life. This was this humble king that was coming to save. And they're saying, Hosanna, save us now. You're the one. Save us now. They thought Jesus would come in and, and tear down what the Romans had built up. And he would be their saving king. But they didn't realize that he would have to suffer and die. To be that king that they truly needed, not just a temporal king, but their eternal king, their eternal savior. This is the Jesus that we see on Palm Sunday, full of grace, a saving king. Some of them would prove that were saying, Hosanna, save us now on Sunday, were some of the same ones that were saying, crucify him now on Friday. Can you imagine? Because Jesus knew all of this. He saw them and he could see what was in their hearts. They didn't realize 
that the birth of Jesus was so there could be a death of Jesus. They didn't realize the death of Jesus was so that there could be a resurrection of Jesus so that we might be saved. You know, it's all a paradox in our world because we, in our world, in our culture, it's like we're looking for someone to save the day. You know what it's like? We keep thinking like this week, well, it's going to be this person that's going to correct all the challenges and the wrongs that we're facing. When next week, oh, it's that person. They're going to fix it all. Well, let me tell you that Elon Musk is not going to save the day for us. President Biden is not going to save the day for us. President Trump is not going to save the day for us. Even our amazing governor, Ron DeSantis, is not going to save the day. Only Jesus can save us. The eternal salvation that people are looking for in their heart. Fulfillment. Forgiveness of sin. The grace and mercy that we all need and those all around us need around our world. The only one that can save us is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No person will ever be able to save us except God himself, Jesus, who died on the cross for us and gave us salvation. So daily, may we make it our heart and our prayer to help people see beyond the temporal to the eternal of the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three is compassion. We see compassion in Jesus. He was a seeing and a weeping king. Did you catch that in the fray, in the scripture? Luke 19:41 says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead and he began to weep over it. So can you just see the people? They're waving their branches. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're so loud, laying down their garments for the king that they think will save them now. But as Jesus is going down this road to Jerusalem, down this mountain, he can see the city ahead. And he knows their past. He knows their present, and he knows their future, and he is just weeping, weeping and sobbing. This is the second time in the Bible where we see Jesus weep. First, he wept at the grave of Lazarus, his dead friend. But here we see him sobbing, the Bible says, and weeping. Luke 19, 41 and 42 in the Passion Translation says it's like this. When Jesus caught sight of the city, he burst into tears with uncontrollable weeping over Jerusalem, saying, if only you could recognize that this day of peace is within your reach, but you just can't see it. He is a seeing king. And he's a weeping king. He's full of compassion. And this is the way that God wants us to live our life. He wants us to see as Jesus saw, as Pastor Rodney so beautifully laid out this series for us like Jesus. Was that not an incredible series? Incredible series. If you didn't hear it, you must go back and watch. You can listen on our podcast. But we must see as Jesus saw so that we can feel as Jesus felt. We have to look beyond this temporal world. When we see our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, the people we go to school with, 
the people that we engage with week to week, the people at the coffee shop, the people at the grocery store, the people that we are running life with. We've got to see, as Jesus saw, see them with his eyes. See beyond what's on the surface to what's in the heart. We need to love people in a compassionate way, the way that Jesus saw them and the way that Jesus sees them, knowing that every person has an eternal future. And we need to be telling them about how they can have a future and a home in heaven with Jesus one day. That is the goal of our life. We're on co-mission with God. He chose us to be on co-mission with him. So we must see, as Jesus saw, this weeping and seeing king daily. God, may we see those around us the way that you see them. Make that our prayer. Make us compassionate people, God, as Jesus was. Make that our daily prayer. Number four is purity. Purity. He was a cleansing king. We just sang about this a moment ago. Make my hands, make my heart pure and holy for your glory. That's what this is all about. He was a cleansing king. Luke 19, 45 and 46, it says, Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals and sacrifices. He said to them, The scripture declares, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Mark eleven twenty five says, Jesus turned the tables. The religious people, their sin was keeping people away from God. You know, that's a whole story in itself. But basically, the religious people, the Pharisees, they were selling things and telling the people they had to use these certain things so that they could go in and make sacrifices. They were actually keeping people from God. They were keeping people from being pure and holy before God. The religious people, crazy, crazy. But the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one, right? Not one of us is righteous not one of us is holy yet because of jesus has made us righteous right with god but not one of us is righteous on our own it's all because of jesus and jesus came basically to clean house he came to clean my house and he claimed to clean your house he came to clean my heart and he came to clean your heart as well we see this in Jesus. He couldn't handle it. He's like, this, this, on his, this was in his last week, his final days. He went into the temple and he said, no more of this. People need to be able to come to our God. And we're not going to let anything, any sin in the house of God to keep people from coming to God. God wants to cleanse and purify our hearts in our lives as well. Every day we need to pray. As Pastor said a moment ago, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. May it be the prayer of our heart every single day. Because a clean vessel God can use. Do we want God to use us? We want God to use us. So every day we need to make it our prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. But we got to be ready for what he tells us to do, right? It's not always easy. I don't know about you, 
But the closer I get to Jesus, the more aware of how much I'm not like him. Anybody else? You know, last week I wore white jeans to church. And I went home and we made, my sister was in town, and so we made these amazing cookies. They're Lauren's cookies, gluten-free cookies. Dr. Sid, if you're in the house. And they're so good, but they're chocolate, chocolate chip. So I got my white jeans on from church. And of course, I spilled the chocolate chip on my white jeans. I'm like, why every time I wear white pants do I get something on them? Or my makeup gets on them. Well, it just dawned on me this week because I heard somebody say it. You know what? Your dark jeans are dirty too. You just can't see it, right? It's the same thing. You just got white on and you can see it. When we get closer to Jesus, we're going to want to be more like Jesus. Pure and holy for his glory. God, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's not always easy, but it's always best because God wants us to live a blessed life. He gives us the parameters and guidelines and principles in, his, in the word of God so that we can be blessed. Not to keep us away from something, but to bless us. He knows us. He created us. And he made us in such a way that we need to, to follow his decrees for our life. It's the owner's manual. Come on. He is going to bless us when we walk in his ways. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 8 through 9, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves, just like those white pants or my black pants, right? We're fooling ourselves and not, and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our God is so, so good in our lives. Not only do we need to purify our own hearts, but we need to make sure that we are pure when we walk into this place with open arms to receive those that are in need of Jesus. Next week, you know what, like this whole week, can we just, can we commit to every morning just praying, God, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. When you wake up, when your eyes open, can you just pray that this week, this, this holy week? This Passion Week, can we prepare our heart to remember what Jesus did for us on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday? And prepare our heart to see as Jesus saw. Because people are going to be walking through the doors next week that we've never seen before. Or maybe somebody that you've invited. And you want them to have the best experience, right? You want them to feel welcome and loved. You know, I, I, uh, I'll never forget this story that happened to me. We had a neighbor when we built our first home that lived next door to us. And her name was Vanessa. And God just kind of opened the doors for us to get to know Vanessa and, and her fiancé, Andy. And Vanessa, I knew she had been hurt in the church before. She had some, some church hurt in her heart. And she kind of walked away from God just had some stuff going on in her life. So I was praying for Vanessa. In fact, I found an old Bible this week, just randomly sitting by my, my uh, chair in my bedroom. I opened my Bible, just looking through it, and I had written Vanessa's name that I was praying for her. 
I encourage you to write in the front of your Bible. Get you a Bible. If you don't have a physical Bible, let's get a physical Bible. Write down who's your one. Who are you praying for? That somebody that they will come to know Jesus or come back to Jesus. Who's your one? Well, Vanessa was my one. I'd been praying for Vanessa. And Rodney was traveling and speaking across America, and he actually was coming home and going to be speaking in a church in, in our city. And so I invited Vanessa and Andy to come hear Rodney speak because I knew he's going to give the gospel and he's, he's going to just share the love of Jesus with them and, and maybe God will do a great work in their heart. So Vanessa and Andy came. They came and they sat on the front row, right in front. You know what happened? There was a lady in the church. We were not members of this church. We were just guests at this church. Rodney was a guest speaker there. This lady walked up to me. I don't know who she was. I don't remember what she looked like. All I remember is what she said to me. She said, who is that girl sitting by you on the front row? Her skirt is so short. You should tell her. She should never come to church like that. I thought I would just explode. I was shocked that someone at the church would come and say to someone, I've been praying for my one. I've been praying for that she would come. She didn't have to come perfect. She just had to come as she was. And that's what Jesus is calling for us. And I never said a word, and I kept that lady way far away from Vanessa. You know what happened? Vanessa and Andy came back to God. They came back to God. God called Vanessa into the ministry. Vanessa became a worship director at one of the largest churches in Dallas. Vanessa died of a brain, brain aneurysm at 33 years old. God had a plan for Vanessa. And may we never stand in the way of people coming to Jesus. Say, come on, you come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just as you are. May we always have a heart for people, no matter what's going on in their life, that we love them. The church is not a country club for Christians. I'm sorry. It is a hospital for sinners. We say, come as you are, because that's what Jesus did for us. He made the way. Those people that were trying to bring their sacrifice and praise to God in the temple, he flipped those tables of the religious people and said, no, you will not stand in the way for my people coming to bring their sacrifice. They come as they are. May we be that kind of church. May we be that kind of church. Next Sunday, may we have arms open with love. Maybe look. And if you're not serving, last week, I think it was you said, we're swerving. If we're not serving, we're swerving. Especially next Sunday. If you're not serving, come on. Let's welcome every person that walks through those doors. You can be here Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday. At what time are we training? 4.30, Saturday at 4.30, if you want to serve, just come on up. Come on up. We're going to be setting up, and we're going to be training to serve next Saturday. May our church be a place where they find Jesus, where they find Jesus.
That was number four. Okay, I'm back on track. Here we go. Daily may we purify our hearts before God. May our hearts be pure and may we see as Jesus saw. We may be clean vessels that he can use for his glory. Number five, he was passionate. That's why it's called Passion Week. He was passionate in love with us. He was in love with us. He's a a loving king and he still is. Amen. He still is. John 3.16 in the Amplified, I love this. You may know the scripture. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior will not perish but have eternal life. He so greatly loved. May we be those kind of people. Dispassionate people, passionately in love with the God who saved us. May we stand out. May we be different. Romans 5, 8 said, but God, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place where we were still lost and ungodly. God was demonstrating his great love for us through this whole week of Passion Week. We see the love of Christ for us. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He had his eye on the prize. He had his eye on you and I. Isn't it amazing out of all the people that have lived in the world and are living today, he knows us personally. He loves us personally. For the joy that was set before him, he endured that cross for you and I. On Good Friday, he had us in mind. He loved us so much that God turned his back on his son. He couldn't even look at his son. He loved us so much. He gave his life for us. May we live our life for him. May we be passionate people in love with Jesus. That we stand out like the Bible says. I have it in my notes somewhere. Oh, goodness, where is it? But that we shine like stars. That's the kind of life that we should live. That we shine like stars among the darkness in our world. That we stand out and we shine for him. That we be his radiant light. We're so passionately in love with him. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live. Isn't it a beautiful story this day in the life of Jesus that a whole passage was written about? It was a day full of humility as he came riding in. It's the the example that he set for us. A day of grace, unmerited favor. The way he saw, he was a seeing and a weeping king. He was compassionate. And he was calling us to a life of purity and a life of passion. This is the Jesus that we serve. And when we wear that band, what would Jesus do? This is what Jesus would do. This is the life that he's calling us to. Not just on Palm Sunday, but every day of our life. This is the kind of life that Jesus is calling his followers to. So let's live this life. 
Let's spend this week in prayer and focusing on what Jesus did for us as he entered that city and he gave his life for us. And next Sunday, let's bring somebody with you, okay? Who's your one? Who are you praying for? Who are you bringing with you next week that we can share the love and the hope found in Jesus on Easter Sunday? You guys with me? Amen and amen. Let's pray together. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.